Hello and welcome to Thoughts from the Bible. I am Adam Zander and have been serving as a missionary in Romania for over a decade. Join me every week as we look at simple thoughts from the Bible to help us in our daily walk with Christ and our relationships with our fellow man. Hello from Romania. I hope you're having a good day. We are enjoying a nice, quiet, rainy spring day. It is really very nice here in Romania. I hope you're enjoying good weather wherever you are located. Last week, we looked at our seventh message from the book of Ephesians called A Mystery Revealed. Today, we will look at the eighth message from the book of Ephesians, Christ Dwelling in Our Hearts. This is found in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 12 through 20. So if you're following along today, you can turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 12 through 20. There are two primary messages from chapter 3. First, the mystery of the Gentiles, which we looked at last time. And second, Christ dwelling in our hearts, giving us strength, faith, knowledge, love, and power. We will look at that today. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7, Paul states, According to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. And then in verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Today, I would like us to look at how Christ gives us the power and ability to minister in his name. First today, a child of God has access to the Father with boldness and confidence. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him, whereof I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. A believer now has access to the Father and throne of God. Before Jesus saved us, we did not have this great privilege. I believe this access is connected to prayer. If we want to grow and minister for God, then we need to start praying before we even go out and do the work of God. We can go to the throne of God in prayer, ask for his power, strength, wisdom, and ability before you start working for him. Let's read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And then Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And then let's read one more verse that tells us we can now go before the throne of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 
So the very first thing we see in this passage is that we have access to the very throne of God through prayer. We must pray if we want to obtain the rest of these things in this passage. Second today, we have strength as God's children. Let's read that in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. We need God's strength in our lives. If we try to grow and serve Jesus in our own strength and in our own flesh, then we will fail very quickly. Our flesh is weak. We need his strength to accomplish something that will last for all of eternity. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10 speak more about this. Let's read that. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine affirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in affirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. I have found that when I am weak or trying to do something for God that is beyond my abilities, Christ has an opportunity to shine through me. In those situations, I must put my faith in God. I have to have His help and strength for whatever the situation may be. Let's look at Psalms chapter 105, verses 4 and 5. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face evermore. Remember His marvelous works that He hath done, His wonders, and the judgments of His mouth. So the Bible says, For when I am weak, then am I strong. We need God's strength in our life if we want to serve Him. Third today, Christ gives us faith. Let's read the first part of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Faith in this chapter has two meanings. First, it is the faith of Jesus Christ. Let's read Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. This is a very interesting statement. It is Jesus' faith here, not ours. We find this expression many times in the New Testament. It is clear that salvation is by faith, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, for example, and that God requires us to have faith in Him. But our faith is limited and often weak. This is easy to find in the Bible. Let's look at one example. Jesus told his disciples in the Gospels, O ye of little faith, many times. Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 26. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. 
And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. God gives us enough faith to believe in Christ for salvation. Jesus then gives us his faith, that is, the faith he has in God the Father. Let's see what the book of Romans says. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And then Romans chapter 10, verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. And then verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Notice what the Bible says in Romans 1.17. It says, revealed from faith to faith. We have faith Jesus can save us. Then he gives us more and more faith as we serve him. Let's now look at the second meaning of the word faith here. It is having faith in him. Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So we need to have faith that Jesus can and will accomplish his will through us. Number four today, we are rooted and grounded in love. Let's read Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, we looked at that, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God." There are two ways to be motivated to do something, fear or love. Love is a better way. This verse tells us we need to be rooted and grounded in love as God's children. Let's read Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him rooted and built up in him, and established in faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. What is this love we are to be grounded in? It is the love of Christ which he has given us. He loved us and gave himself for us on the cross. We must understand how great his love is towards us, and that nothing will separate us from his love. Love is our foundation which we should build upon, not fear. Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? 
As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God does not want us to serve or live in fear. Yes, we should fear God. Yes, we should fear his chastisement and consequences of sinning against him. But our motive should be love. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The book of 1 John speaks about God's love many, many times. Let's just read one short passage in the book of 1 John that tells us about the love of God. 1 John chapter 4, verses 16 through 19. And we have known and believe the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. So our motive should be love, not fear. So today, obey and serve God, not in fear of his chastisement, but in love for what he has done for you. Number five today, we should be filled with his knowledge. Let's read Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 through 19 one more time. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. God desires that we be filled with the knowledge he has given us in his word. Once we are rooted and grounded in love, we need to move on and be filled with the knowledge of his will. Let's read more about being filled with the knowledge of his will in the book of Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 10. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. We are also commanded to be good students and study what God has said. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 
And then let's read two passages in 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. And then verses 15 and 16. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So we need to study the word of God. We need to increase in the knowledge of God. I enjoy reading the Bible and studying the Bible and preparing these lessons and many other messages. But every child of God should be doing these things, should be reading the Bible and studying, because God wants us to increase in the knowledge of His will. Number six today and last today, we need the power of God in our lives. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And then Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Last, but certainly not the least, we need the power of God in our lives. We cannot please God or do anything of value in our own strength and flesh. We must walk in and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, the Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. How are the apostles and early church able to do what they did? By the power of the Holy Spirit working through them. Let's see what Jesus told them in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Today, if you are a child of God, you have the same Holy Spirit living in you. You can have the power of God working through your life. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. It is not our power. It is not what we can do through our own flesh, but through the power of a Holy Spirit working through us. We must have the power of God in our lives if we want to accomplish something for him.
In conclusion today, being an effective Christian and minister for God requires us to have these things. We need the power and strength of God if we want to grow as His child and be used of Him. The goal in a Christian's life should be to know Christ and His power. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, the Bible says that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Next time, Lord willing, we will look at another message from the book of Ephesians. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have a blessed day.